Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. We are Team Binge. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we are here to talk about 1899. Tom and I are here because we love this show, and all <laughs> other shows are inferior to this show. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to get into, we've watched two, three, and four. So we're going to try to release these separately, but we'll do like a, a, a drop. So we'll drop a, a, all three of these at the same time. So as we record this episode two, we'll try not to touch on anything from three and four, but, you know, be warned, we it's possible we might. Um, can I ask you in the beginning, like, you are digging this show so far, like you mentioned, right? Is there anything that kind of gives you pause or worry about, like, the layout or the, like, design elements of the show? Or do you love every, everything? First off, it's impossible for me as a man and as a person to love everything. It's just not in my nature. I try to Ted Lasso things and love all things, but I I cannot. Here's my fear, and I appreciate the question. My fear is with a show like this, if I didn't know these guys from Dark and I didn't think they had a master plan and I didn't think they had worked this out, I would just think, okay, there are no rules they're going to mm-hmm. lost this where they're just going to mm. like throw things that are going to stick to the wall. And we're going to be like, Whoa, wait, what? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on. And, and like the big fear is we get to the end of it and there's no explanation. Like we don't know what's gone, gone on. They've just been like, Hey, here's some cool stuff, some great actors, mm-hmm. some weird moody music. And we're <laughs> going to put you on the Titanic in 1899. So my fear is that they, once again, can't land the plane or won't explain stuff. But I have faith in these guys as like showrunners and as storytellers from Dark that mm-hmm. I think they'll, they're not going to lost us in terms of, I don't think they're just throwing stuff and then they're like, oh, we'll figure it out later. Right. Um, so that's my fear, but I trust. So yes, do you have well, a fear? I- you know, I have the same thought like going into it where some of the crazy stuff that happens at the tail ends of these episodes, um, it definitely is like, whoa, what is going on here? Um, but I, I appreciate you mentioning Lost because this show definitely is picking up on the same design of a show, right? Where they're doing flashbacks of all these characters that happen to be in this, uh, you know, in oh, this case right. on the ship that's versus right. all stuck on an island. So it's very much in that same vein. Um, but I love the mystery. I love the acting. I love the storytelling that they're kind of doing. I'm with you. I do think they have a, a good idea of what they're trying to do. There's so many little like Easter eggs that I think you can watch the show over and over again and catch. And I think I caught a couple as we're kind of watching, um, that we'll all try to like kind of mention as we, as we record. But, um, I just wanted to kind of mention that up top because this, this show is definitely kind of like lost at sea and the fear would be it becomes lost and doesn't know where it's going. But I'm assuming this would be a much tighter show and isn't going to go on for how many episodes or how many seasons did the loss go on for like seven or eight? Something silly like that. Yeah, something silly like that. I guess my hope would be these guys have like, okay, they'll do this first season. We'll end it on a cliffhanger, but things will be explained Mm -hmm. for season one. And then we'll roll into season two. Once again, very much like dark. So I'm trusting that is my fear. I appreciate you bringing my fear, uh, <laughs> loathing, and darkness up front before we start to talk about this. Listen, our uh, podcast motto, motto is always trust but verify. So we trust the show is going to do well. We're going to verify it. That's that's a very good saying. <laughs> I thought ours was we suffer silently. <laughs> that's your family motto. Oh, sorry. That's the family <laughs> motto. My bad. 
And to your point, like you point out the the lost kind of formula of episodes as we've watched two, three, and four, you know, we see the formula kind of, we're going to focus on a character in episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so episode two, which is called The Boy, is Captain Ike Larson, Eke Larson, E-Y-K, will we ever know? Is that the greatest mystery the show's given us, is that we don't, don't... know how to pronounce his <laughs> first name? Yeah, we've seen it written on the letter, but I don't know if anybody's actually said it. We'll just call him Captain E. Captain E, Captain Larson. We get his episode, and Mm -hmm. this starts up, and I think I noticed it this time, but definitely as we go on, but it it starts with a character waking up and Mara's voice saying, wake up. And then Mm -hmm. you get that overhead shot of the person like coming to almost like, and I don't know if we talked about this, when we talked about episode one, but it's almost like if someone's ever like coming out of hypnosis, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the, like, that's the impression I get whenever. And, and like the same thing with, have you ever watched someone be hypnotized, Tom? Uh, oh yeah. I've been to a show. Okay. Okay. It's not real and you can't actually be hypnotized. Don't think (laughs) I would ever believe in it, but I do know one of the common things is they do something and then there's like a wake up moment or, Mm -hmm. and you like snap out of it. That's the feeling I get from these, like, beginning parts. And well, they even, like, it's funny, more parallels with Lost. I think Lost literally starts with a close-up of, like, Jack's eye, and then it slowly kind of zooms out. And I think it literally ends the whole season or series as, like, zooming in on his eye. So, like, there's kind of a play on that. But if you actually look at, like, the pupil or the iris, it has that pyramid triangle shape as they quickly do the, like, twisty pan-out zoom thing. Um, so it's, I'm with you. I do think they're in some sort of like state when this, each episode happens. Okay. Okay. I got it. We find out the backstory for Captain Larson is that there is a house fire. And so the picture that we see of his wife and three children, uh, they are no longer, uh, on this mortal plane apparently. Mm. And we find out that it happened, um, like not recently it was a while back Mm -hmm. and so he comes to he has this like flashback of uh, the house fire we see some silhouettes in a window it's all very creepy Mm -hmm. um and also terrifying and sad and no one does creepy terrifying and sad (laughs) quite like the actor that plays (laughs) captain larson he's great i appreciated your tweet shouting him out because that guy does do a phenomenal job Mm mm-hmm all the compasses on the boat are going mad. And I was kind of like, well, you let that little kid with that like plutonium pyramid onto the boat. I'm not a scientist, well-established, not a scientist, not a doctor. Um, I think maybe that pyramid made of moonstone or whatever it is that that boy's carrying around might have something to do while none of the compasses are working. Um, yes that's very possible but it is a fun thing everyone to pull out their compass and the needle is just spinning and you're just like (laughs) man if only we could go back to the day where we all carried compasses moral compasses (laughs) you know what i'm talking about anyways they get a telegram from the company and it just says sink ship (laughs) now i've got some questions about command set via telegraph (laughs) They get this telegraph and it just says sink ship. Not very specific on which ship to sh- ship. Well, which ship to sink, Tom? <laughs> did you get did you get any ambiguity in the uh, message that was sent via telegraph? Well, 
listen, like old school telegraph, they had to pay per character. So it's like text it, messaging. Okay. They had is to that be what very, it is? Yeah. They're very um, uh, stringent with their lettering. So sync ship, they're like, all right, I'm assuming it's the sync the Prometheus, but uh, yeah. I mean, that can go bad in a number of ways. The first mate's <laughs> like, we need to sync our ship. And everyone's like, no, I'm pretty sure they mean the dark ship that we're towing behind us that looks like ghost inhabitant. And well, we like, do have this guy on our crew named Steve Ship. Are we supposed to sink <laughs> him? <laughs> Everyone turns and looks at him, and he's like in the middle of sipping something. And he's like, he's got a name tag that says ship. S-ship. <laughs> That's right. Steve Sink Ship. That's my full name. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So a little bit of ambiguity there. You should uh, always give um, the command and then a reason for it might be nice as well, <laughs> rather than just sink ship. We find Daniel, who is the gentleman who crawled uh, on shore, uh, and he is quite creepy. He's <laughs> staying in the room next to Mara's. Uh, he just um, forgot his room key, and he had to dive into the ocean to get it, and now he's back. Uh, but we find him trying to get into Mara's room, which is where the boy currently is. And the boy does not have a name, right? We do not have a name for the boy? No, he's still just referred to as the boy. The boy, okay. um, And he says something weird, too, like as Mara like, um, confronts him, like jimmying at, at her door. He's like, oh, I'm your... And then kind of hesitates, and then says neighbor, which I thought was interesting. So... I'm wondering, like, I don't think that this is her brother, maybe? I don't know. I mean, obviously, her the brother is kind of mysterious. You would think that she would recognize her brother. But it was an interesting, like, phrasing of why he said it this way. I did not catch that. I did catch the awkwardness of the interaction. And I do think you probably have already met your ship neighbor. Um, but if right. you <laughs> were going to randomly meet your ship neighbor after all this weird stuff would be happening, Daniel would be low on my list of who <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that guy seems pretty cool. It's pretty normal <laughs> if I ever need anything. You know, my my room's ever out of creamer. I'd go to Daniel's room, get some creamer. My wife did murdered. mention that uh, his hair seemed to be just constantly wet. Yeah. So this guy's just yeah. constantly getting out of the shower. There's, he's like, oh, I was trying to go into your room to get a towel. And she's like, no, I don't believe you. And then he's like, look at my hair. And she's like, oh, I believe you. Here's a towel. Do you have any creamer? Anyways, we cut from there. And Angel is, um, uh, let's say, like predatorily, mm -hmm. like making moves on Crestor, I guess, mm -hmm. would be how I would describe this. Yeah, um, I think uh, Angel is in like with him. In like with him. Okay, yes, <laughs> yes, that would... Yes, that would make sense to me. <laughs> Good way of putting it. Uh, I think from there we get like a quick cut of like Mrs. Wilson and she's kind of talking about like her selling exotic birds to Lucian. Um, so I think this is kind of the first thing that we get of her potentially being more involved with um, kind of the Asian women that are on board. Sure. I was like, oh, I, I mean, birds. I love birds. Are these like parrots? <laughs> what kind of birds are these? Where is she keeping them? <laughs> I still haven't seen him. I've watched through episode four. Anyways, um, Ike has visions where he then sees his family. And I think I got the impression that Nina was his wife. But we find out that Nina was one of his daughters. Mm -hmm. And that the wife was having bad dreams, according to Nina. And he's talking to her. Like, it all seems very real. He's having this vision. It all seems very real. 
Um, I think he even tells her, you're not here anymore. Like, you're not real. Is that, mm-hmm. I think that's the interaction they have. But we do find that, I guess, the wife burnt the house down was the impression I got. Is that what you got from this yeah. whole interaction? I think we get it a little bit later that it's kind of like a, a murder-suicide kind of thing, which is just, you know, heartbreaking and terrifying. So, yeah, just awful. And he's clearly struggling to deal with seeing his his daughter seemingly in, like, perfect condition and having a full-on conversation with her yeah that would be weird especially since he doesn't have any bottles of sweet tea on him as you like to say no which is how he's coping (laughs) with this and i believe this is the part where he climbs through the pyramid hatch that he finds in his room under the bed right this is the random time yeah he kind of comes it comes from the other direction as opposed to like taking the hatch down he comes through the hatch into his room and it's done by following the beetle which is, you know, again, not the first time we've seen a character kind of follow this mysterious door unlocking beetle. Yep, yep. <laughs> the Okay, I would like to retract my earlier fear and my strongest fear. I actually have a fear about the beetle. The beetle, to <laughs> me, like, I understand it as a device. I understand how they're using it. Maybe I've just watched The Mummy too many times. I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about, like, if... Daniel's only power is he's like, I control Beatles. I'll be like, all right, this is a Spider-Man movie and I don't want any part of it. Like, yeah, it's actually know. like Beetle Man. It's his origin story. Sure. <laughs> that would be great. It's actually a superhero movie. They're on their way to New York and everyone knows that Spider-Man is constantly swinging around New York. Please tell me I'm right, Tom. Am I right? Is he in New yes. York? He's okay. your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man in yeah, New York. Yeah, I got it. Hell's Kitchen, they say. <laughs> That's um, Daredevil. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I think you just complimented me. I don't know. <laughs> The boy and Captain Larson have an interaction here where we discover that he has a pyramid tattoo. Which... Yeah, I think Mara discovers it like first, okay. and then kind of Captain Eric kind of jumps into the room and kind of threatens the boy because he's just like thinks the boy has answers for him. Yeah, he's shaking him, and he's like, "What happened on the Prometheus? Who gave written consent that you, as a child, could get a tattoo? Everyone knows you're not allowed to get a tattoo until you're 18." Unless Did you order the code red? Did you order the code red? All those things happened. Um, and the boy looked at him, and in his eyes he said, you can't handle the truth. But <laughs> uh, We've got Jerome and Clements meeting on ship Mm -hmm. and this is significant for later but we're not going to get too deep into it but you noticed a particular detail that i don't think i noticed yeah so this is kind of like the first little like hint of a clue that they've been doing throughout for the pyramids but i'm starting to notice more beetles so if you look at the kind of collar that clements is wearing she has a very distinct like beetle sewn into the collar on her neck Again, no idea what it sim- signifies or whatever, but it's interesting that this like symbolism kind of keeps popping up. And, you know, if we get answers to it later, it might be fun to kind of go back and see like, okay, well, why did certain characters have a relationship with the beetle or with the pyramid? So mm. um, take a peek for it next time you watch her in her uh, kind of white gown. Right. But we did see she had pyramid earrings in one of the scenes, mm-hmm. which yep. 
I don't really think it's an Easter egg or a clue if you throw pyramids or triangles <laughs> on everything. Like, it's real tough. It's like, oh, there's pyramids in the carpet. You're like, ah. <laughs> at a certain point, I think you're right. I think this is just like the ship's logo. They sell all these things in the gift shop, and that's yeah. why everyone has it. Um, Jerome is caught by the crew at this point. They find mm-hmm. out that he's a stowaway. Uh, we also have... Um, a interesting interaction where Crestor's sister, whose name is Tove, I believe, mm-hmm. threatens Angel for creeping up on Crestor. Yeah, this was like she kind of throws the cigarette case right back, right back at him. Uh, that's right, because he had he gave him the mm-hmm. he does what a normal person does when they give someone a <laughs> gift. He slipped it into his pocket very slowly, which is not at all strange. <laughs> He has, I believe it's Olek at this point, go and he's like, he tells him to go check on the coal supplies. Did you understand this point where Olek comes back and he's like, no, like three and four are empty. We only have, mm-hmm. I guess my only thought was they're either not supposed to finish this journey, like they weren't stocked enough to finish this journey, mm-hmm. or it's a one-way ticket to New York, Paradise. I think as the song goes. <laughs> No, I'm not sure what they were doing here. I don't know if it was like him trying to figure out if they've got enough to turn around and take the ship back, if they have enough to stay idle for how long. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure. But I think he eventually comes back and says, like, they're not fully stocked, right? Like, they don't have it's only one of three or one of four had enough coal. So they didn't really explain what that meant and what that ratio meant. I'm not going to cast blame or dispersions, but... A captain is responsible for everything on his ship. So if he left on a seven-day journey and didn't have enough coal to get to his destination, that's kind of on him. Maybe you got to ask a couple of questions of your, I don't know, bosun's mate, your first mate, any one of the mates. Uh, just be like, hey, do we have enough coal? And if they look at you like, oh, I haven't checked, then don't leave the dock yet. Don't leave the pier until you know you have enough coal. Water's also important. Drinkable water, not just the water surrounding the boat. Anyways, this is not a podcast about how to be a ship's captain, uh, but we could probably help you get there, I guess. We've got notes. Yeah, we've got notes. Um, We find out that Mara's brother is missing, Mm -hmm. and I believe this is where her and the captain are discussing their letters. Maybe it's not at this point, but essentially Mara's brother is missing, and she thinks that he was on the Prometheus, Mm -hmm. Uh, We then go to another family meeting in the dining room (laughs) where everyone assembles and the captain has an announcement to make. And the announcement (laughs) is, we're getting cable, but you're only going to be able to watch 30 minutes of TV a day, not on Tuesdays or Thursdays, and not on the Sabbath. And then what else does he tell the rest of the crew, Tom? And then you also have a free weekend of HBO and we're turning the ship around and we're towing it back to England. (laughs) And your mom and I love you. It's not your fault. Uh, but one of us is going to America and one of us is going to England. Um, but this is an interesting move, right? Like he's deciding that, you know, the company wants him to sink this ship. He knows that the ship has some sort of importance, especially after seeing like the ghost of his, his you know past daughter um, and his decision not only to turn the ship around and go home, but to tow the Prometheus back to England. Uh, which certainly the company and other crew members do not want. Nope. No one wants to go back to England. Or Yeah, no one wants to go back at all. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know why no one wants to go back to jolly old England in 1899, <laughs> but they do not. Jack I, the Ripper. <laughs> my, my, yeah, that's true. Everyone's getting <laughs> murdered in Whitechapel. They're like, eh, let's not go back. Um, especially the exotic birds. They would probably be the first ones to go. The thing my wife brought up as we were watching this was she was like, how are they going to tow a giant ship? <laughs> I thought the same. And I was like, yeah, that's not a bad, that's a lot of ropes. Uh, that is a lot of thick ropes that you've got to throw from one ship to the other to drag mm-hmm. it back. And even then, some things go down. <laughs> we then cut from there and we find out just, um, Jimmy uh, in the sound booth, can you do the dun dun dun? Uh, can you cut that in, in here? Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, um, sure. I'll do that. Dun dun dun. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. We, we find out <laughs> that uh, Angel and Ramiro are not brothers, mm. uh, which is surprising because they look eerily similar. <laughs> um, we find out that Ramiro is not a priest, um, and we find out that they're kind of lovers. Kind of. It doesn't seem like. It's, yeah, it's a rocky relationship for sure, but they're they're definitely in like with each other as well, or at least Ramiro maybe more to Angel, the way that he kind of um, confronts and has this angrily passionate lovemaking session. Yeah. Um, but like, this is an interesting bit because you had mentioned in the first episode, like the scarification of a lot of a lot of characters. And when Angel pops his shirt off, he is just riddled with scars all over his back. So I don't know, it was like... Was he whipped? Was like, what, what did you get from these scars? Like, do you, I'm assuming we're going to learn more about it, right? I don't know if it was Ramiro with the whipped back. I would have thought it was some sort of um, like self-flagellation uh, as anyone who's seen the Da Vinci Code, the um, <laughs> Which this podcast biographical, loves the Da Vinci Code. we love the Da Vinci Code here. Um, <laughs> big fans believe every word. The other thing I thought is maybe because of his, uh, you know, 1899, probably not real gay friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe he's been punished for that. And so that is kind of because mm-hmm. he really doesn't want to go back to England. That's true. So I'm assuming maybe that was uh, a punishment for that. Um, did you find that these two were kind of, I mean, we've discussed this before, but are they like Jack and Diane a little bit for you? Is that? Is that... <laughs> I don't know if I would put these in that, that category. No? Um, but what I will say is I, I just can't help seeing pyramids or triangles. Uh, <laughs> Ramiro has a little goatee kind of pyramid thing. So, you know, something with that probably. Sure, sure. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because, yeah, because Jack of Jack and Diane had a pyramid goatee. I get it. Yeah, we're all on the same page. One of these days we're going to understand Jack and Diane, Tom. Mm-hmm. One of these days. The poor Danish girl whose name mm. I believe is Ada. Ada. Mm-hmm. sees a beetle it's a cool looking beetle follows it down a hall meets daniel daniel's not cool uh <laughs> he has the audacity to say he's sorry and then i believe it doesn't happen on screen thank goodness mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um yeah she's no longer on this mortal plane so yeah. horrendous horrendous sequence and like you you didn't know what was happening here you yeah. just get the sorry and you get that thing like oh no is this gonna happen and then yeah. Of course, we get the the deal at the end is like such a beautiful, innocent character we saw in the first episode. This was this was heart wrenching. Yep, didn't like it, don't like it, but Daniel will get his comeuppance. I know mm-hmm. he will. He'll be eaten by beetles. I can just tell. <laughs> I 
I've seen the mummy. It happens. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, see, that's what I... Every time I see those little beetles, I'm just like, the mummy is such a great movie. The mummy is such a great movie. One day we'll do that one, Tom. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this is then where the captain shares his letter, right? Mm-hmm. And they... Both their letters say the same thing. What is lost will now be found, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, some it's of that written on both. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think, because he, he's talking about his family like being gone and like what's lost being found again. I think that's mm-hmm. the desperation in him to figure out what's going on here. Absolutely. Mara tells him that she does not agree with his tow plan and does mm-hmm. not want to go back to England. And... Daniel's also moving amongst the people, like whispering about mutiny. He's like, rebel, 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 rebel. <laughs> well, he's not saying rebel, rebel. He's whispering like the sweet nothings in the crowd. Oh, like, that's rebel, right. Rebel. That's right. He's like, I say mute, you say tinny. <laughs> mute, tinny. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. Let me try. Let, let me workshop that a little bit at my next mutiny meeting. <laughs> they somehow get the ship under tow. Just a lot of... Big, long ropes, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where do they even keep all those ropes? I've got so many questions. <laughs> I need to go back to ship captain's course. Uh, sea is always right. The sea is always right, Tom. <laughs> oh, don't don't ruin my mood. All right. <laughs> Daniel has a pick of... of uh, a pick. Sorry. For those of you that don't know, pick is short for picture. Daniel has a picture of Maura. Ma- Ma- oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Don't take that out. Jimmy, don't take that out. Um, you got it. Daniel has... You should change the voice every time. Daniel has a picture of Mora. Oh, no, Tom. I've Mara. got the yips. I've got the yips. All right. You ask an interesting question about this. A- ask your question, Tom, because I have an answer I don't you. know what to make of this. Like, is, is Daniel the brother? Is Daniel, like like a love interest to her like why why does he have this i've got so many questions about mara like you had mentioned in the beginning how she's kind of the one potentially waking these people up from some sort of you know hypnosis state or whatever why he has a picture i mean it's just this is a a very interesting one but i just don't know where to tug on the brother string quite yet because we just don't have much to go off of yeah, there's really only one show that's tugged on the brother string real well, and we haven't talked about it yet. But the that was a wait. I'm curious. What is that? That was a Game of Thrones uh, deep cut joke. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I think I would be a little bit confused because she met him and she does not recognize him. So if he is a lover or if he is her brother, mm-hmm. obviously she's got some memory issues. She shouts at one point, "What have you done to my memory?" So right. it's in play. I mean, it's also in play that. You know, maybe they're just the Jack and Diane of this show, right? <laughs> Could Daniel and Mora be the next Jack and Diane? I don't know because I don't know what that phrase it means. Out. Yeah, not going to rule it out. All right. Unfortunately, the crew, uh, while going about their business, throwing coal over the side of the ship uh, because that's the only reason why they don't have enough coal. I don't know. <laughs> that's not actually what happened. I was just trying to make a joke, but now I realize people are going to get confused. What's not confusing is they find the poor Danish girl dead on ship, Mm -hmm. and she looks pretty peaceful, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. But let's not focus on the dead Danish girl. Let's Mm -hmm. focus on this episode ending with what, Tom? (laughs) This is a super crazy, like, they reveal that this poor girl um, has passed, and it cuts to, like, 
nine TV screens, like a la like the Matrix, where like somebody is watching all of our main characters on screen. It's like it keeps zooming back out. It kind of stops, but it seems like it's a separate room. I don't know if this is the company, if this is headquarters, if this is a specific part of the ship we haven't found yet, but just super, super crazy way to end an episode. Yep. It was weird. This is where <laughs> yeah, the lost your... this is where the lost vibe hit me the most. I was yeah. like, oh no, it's the hatch. Yes. <laughs> what's his name below watching the screens, you know, hitting the button so the thing doesn't I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but it's an odd camera angle on all these characters too, right? Like it, it, at first I thought it was all spy cams. Cause they show like, I think miss Wilson, she seemingly is looking into a mirror, putting on makeup or something like that. But some of the other characters are like on the deck of the ship and the cameras are like zoomed right up on their face. Um, I don't even know, like, does that kind of camera technology exist in 1899 as well? I don't think it does. I don't know. Maybe this is a village, uh, M night Shyamalan type situation Ooh. where, where, I mean, maybe the title is the lie. Maybe it's really mm. 1999. Maybe they're partying <laughs> like it's 1999. Maybe they're all just preparing for Y2K. I don't know. Um, was there a was there an earlier Y2K in 1899? Who knows? Who, who keeps <laughs> track of these things? But I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. Like the angles, because mm-hmm. it's like real close up on his face. Um, but it definitely is TV. But to your point, like this is what these guys have done in dark. It's like this mix of like steampunk technology mm-hmm. uh, and and whether or not the things actually we see enough things on this on this show that probably did not exist at the time mm-hmm. that I'm allowing like a, a supernatural element to be I mean at play the door here. unlocking Beatles. We just got that last year, right. Right. Yeah. And obviously me being an Apple guy, I have my Apple unlocking Beatles and you being a Samsung guy. I'm sorry, an Android guy. You've got your free market Android uh, unlocking Beatles. But yeah, no, I got to the end of this episode and I was pretty pumped. I was like, all right. All right. Cool. TV screens, all the main characters. I'm well, in. you wrote it. Like, you wrote it do down. It. Tell us who we who was on these nine TV screens. Oh, that's probably important. So it's the captain, Captain Ike Larson, <laughs> which is how you say his name, Ike. <laughs> M- Mara, Daniel, which I thought was interesting because I almost felt like Daniel would be part of the game. So like, mm-hmm. why are we watching Daniel? Agreed. The first mate, also we see kind of as this goes part of the game, which Mm -hmm. I think is interesting. Jerome, um, the geisha who we find in the next episode's name is uh, Ling Yi. Mm -hmm. The boy, once again, thought he was part of the game. Mm -hmm. Ramiro, the alleged priest. And then (laughs) Mrs. Wilson, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I didn't think of like Angel wasn't in there. I don't think. Yeah. Angel wasn't in there. I was surprised that Mrs. Wilson was in there. Mm-hmm. Not that she's not going to play an important role, but I guess we do see, like, she's one of the first characters that kind of explains to us what's happening and mm-hmm. who Mara is. So, yeah, I guess I just want less of her based on where I know her her character <laughs> goes. And yeah. she does not seem like the greatest. But if the ship sinks, then I'm fine. That's good. She'll <laughs> get her just desserts. Uh, but yeah, like... Super cool ending. Like this was, 
we didn't really know if the show was going to go supernatural-ish or just kind of weird like this. And when this episode ends like this, I'm like, whoa, all right, I'm I'm in. I want, I want more. And this is definitely a binge-worthy show, which is why we're going to continue our adventure and record another pod for episode three that will drop on the same day we do, too. Yep, so hang with us. If you've watched three, then we'll roll right into this and talk about it and... I wish we'd started this when we first started the show, Tom, where you have to make up a title of the next episode, because there's <laughs> nothing I like more than throwing a question to you and letting you squirm around and try and figure out what's going on and us having to edit like four minutes of silence. I'm being unfair. <laughs> that never happened. But the next episode, episode three is The Fog. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom has just been crushing it on Twitter, <laughs> one of our favorite mediums that everyone right now I think is just hopping aboard on. Everyone's loving it. Um, Tom tweeted in German, which I didn't even know he had it in him, but I love it. It was great. And so you can hit us up at, I don't know, Twitter Team Binge. I, I don't know how those things work, but I'll give you the handle us. stuff over to Tom before <laughs> yeah, you I butcher it all. At, uh, at Team Binge on Twitter and then at Team Binge Podcast on um, Instagram. So again, those are kind of our preferred socials. Follow us on there. But yeah, having a lot of fun with this show. It's it's a scary show to be on social media with, if I'm being honest, because I would love to just go down rabbit holes and search true. this show. Um, but I have to be very cognizant and, and stay away because I don't want any of these mysteries spoiled. And so far, um, I think we've been spoiler free. So we want to keep that going. And uh, again, hope you guys have enjoyed the show and, and are Join along with us, and we'll uh, roll into episode three. And I've been Julian. And I've been Tom. See you in the fog.